0: You're listening to the Global Inclusion and in Practice podcast, sharing the stories of DEI change makers around the world. Vivian Aqua and Marjolein Vlug bring you behind-the-scenes stories and kitchen table conversations about the personal perspectives of DEI professionals, representatives, advocates, and allies, talking about what matters in this work and what sustains us in creating lasting change. There are many of us working on creating a more inclusive world. Let's share our
1: stories. We're in this together.
2: Welcome, Jason Yi, to the Global Inclusion in Practice podcast, and we are super excited to have you as our guest. And can you please introduce yourself to the listeners?
0: Yeah, sure. And thank you for having me, Vivian and Marilyn. My name is Jason Yi. I use the pronouns he, him, and they, them. I'm the oldest of three kids uh, from Vincent and Stephanie, my parents, who... Unfortunately, we lost my mother in 2015, Parents were born in Suriname, grandparents from China, and in my daily life, I am a DEI our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion consultant at Deloitte in the Netherlands. And furthermore, I also do a research. Uh, I am a research with the Tilburg University, uh, specifically focusing on what um, organizations can do to stimulate more inclusive behaviors. Uh, and particularly the subtle everyday acts of inclusion, because I think that is something we haven't seen too much research yet. And I'd love to just contribute a little bit more uh, to that particular end. Um, I live in Hilversham together with my partner, Peter. And fun fact is that we are currently investigating or actually dating a woman, trying to see if we can. Well, fulfill our wish to become a parent as well in intentional co parenthood. So, yeah, that's in short a little bit about me.
2: You right. are sharing so much about yourself. And I'm, first of all, I'm glad that I know you and know what a true, kind human being you are. And I, I hope that the dating goes well, right? Because I can definitely see it, it is. is.
0: It's, it's going I, I... really well, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, by the time this is live, we may, we may have a new, a breaking news update on that. <laughs>
2: Let's 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 yeah. keep our fingers crossed for that. <laughs>
0: let's yeah, keep but our it's quite a journey. It's really a journey, but a nice, nice journey. I think because I think even though, even if it, it were not to succeed, I think for me and my partner to have so intimate conversations about things that we never talked about before is already so uh, enriching. I would say for our relationship already. But uh, of course, I have high hopes and positive hopes as well that it will succeed and, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that it will it, it has to <laughs> <laughs>
1: we are hoping great.
2: for you we are hoping for you
0: thanks yes. thanks
1: yeah new life in, in a happy family that's beautiful and thank you for sharing i mean this is so it's such a range of sides to to your life and looking forward to I mean, we're gonna dive in and learn more yeah. about what is one thing that you would love for our listeners to this podcast to know and to remember about you?
0: Well, I think one of the things about me is that I, I, I'm, I'm a proud and creative friend who really is, is, is becoming more and more activistic and coming more into myself as an identity. And I try to also bring that perspective. I think we all have a unique perspective and a lived experience. And I try to bring that also into the work that I do with clients as well. And basically also interactions, every interaction. I really hope that my mission is really to make sure that no one has to feel alone in any organization, in society or a group. So I I, I always make sure, and I want to make sure that no one has to feel alone in their feelings, in the way they are thinking they are not fitting with any group. That that really is hopefully something that people will remember for, yeah, remember me for, actually, yeah.
1: Yeah. What's, what's the other side, other side of that? When you want people to feel not alone, what do you want them to feel?
0: Well, that I'm there, I think, uh, I, that's also, yeah. I think, why I always deliberately share my stories and the things and the struggles and the things that I'm going through. Because if I maybe had that more in, in the past, I wouldn't feel that, that, that sense of aloneness or or that you're the only one going through stuff because you know what, it's never, you're never the only one. There is such a big community of people out there. There's always someone who has similar experience. And I know the power, the empowerment of getting to connect with someone who has a similar experience that really is almost like magical, how it can really, yeah really make make it make the burden uh, dissolve a little bit or at least lighten it up a little bit
1: Yeah, and share it there's always someone out there who's open to connecting
0: yeah for sure i mean i'm uh, doing a phd research for example one thing that i notice is we we all have social media these days uh, like a linkedin or instagram but what i notice is that we tend to always only share the positives, or at least overshare the positives Yeah, uh, if you compare it to the negatives. And I recently got my first reject and submit, which is when you publish a submit for a journal, then you probably get a lot of more rejections than you actually get published in journals. But I, I was kind of wondering, why are we not also sharing that part more and more? So that's why I deliberately also wanted to share like, hey, I got my first reject. I'm going to celebrate this, actually, because I think that is actually also part of your growth. Yeah. And it also happens that I got really good constructive feedback, but I find it important as well to share that as part of the journey rather than only, oh, I achieved, hopefully, of course, I will achieve publish uh, in, in, in a journal, but why not also share a little bit more about the struggle or at least the realistic pathway towards getting there so yeah
1: and everyone reading that will know they're not alone if they're not alone, alone. If they're no ever I, rejected
0: and the funny thing is i also got messages back that indeed they also experienced it and of course they they emphasize you will get a lot more rejections than you will get submissions but it, it's funny how that goes that if you open up that how other people also tend to open up about what their experiences are what they felt. And I think that is such an important way to start conversation and dialogue. Whereas I'm sometimes worried in society nowadays that we are only almost like shouting at each other, but not listening and having a dialogue, um, which, which is such an essential part of us as human beings. We, we are a group and social beings. Uh, we need to, we have the gift, actually, of language and making sure that I can communicate to you what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, uh, which has created that connection for us as groups. But we are sort of losing touch, I think, with that gift and almost abusing it, I would say, for the other end. It's almost like superhero power. It's not the power. It's about what you do with that power that, that makes it either good or bad. It's yeah, not something you are. It's always something you do.
2: It sounds like the quote from Superman, right? When you have power, you have a responsibility. Great power
0: comes great responsibility. Exactly. <laughs> I actually, Exactly. I, for my dissertation, and this is maybe a spoiler or a teaser for it, but I, I actually I'm, I'm a comic book fan as well. And I love um, Kamala Khan, which is a Pakistani, uh, Brooklyn born and raised woman. Who then figured out there's a superhero power. I love that
2: theory. I love it. It's I so love it. great.
0: <laughs> but the, the, there's where the quote actually, I, I stole that quote, or I, of course, referenced it because it's, it needs to be scientific. So you need to reference it. But it is also good isn't something you are, but it's something you do. And, and I love that because also with inclusion, it's so important because it's always an act, it's all about behavior, the things that you do. So it's not, I am inclusive, actually, doesn't exist because it's about how you do it that is actually what counts because that's yeah
2: I'll make sure to add the the link of the series that it's on Disney at the moment yeah now, disney plus where, yeah, yeah it's it's such an amazing series and I'm I'm happy for for myself but also I'm happy for those who are resonating with Kamala to identify themselves with her Hi, I'm Vivian Aqua, the Certified DEI Consultant, and I would like to invite you to take your organization to the next level of understanding by collaborating with me. I specialize in helping organizations amplify their DEI initiatives and foster an inclusive environment. Reach out today to learn how I can help your organization unleash its hidden potential and create a culture of belonging. What matters the most to you in DEI work?
0: What matters the most? Gosh, that's such a big question, isn't it? I think what, what matters the most is that we we should always be open, uh, have an open mindset and, st- and keep learning from each other. Because I think that is, for me at least, something that I also struggled with in the beginning, maybe, because I thought, oh, I'm a DEI consultant or a specialist or expert or whatever. So I need to know everything. I need to be an expert. I need to know every bit, a bit out there. But the truth is you will never stop learning. You will never probably achieve that. that what I had in mind as, as well, if we stay in the superhero term, the superhero that knows everything and has that superpower. I think actually the superpower then is to be saying, Hey, I I don't know maybe about this topic, but I do know about this. And then acknowledging it, but also staying curious, I would say, and staying in a dialogue and asking questions. I think that is, is one of the most important things, at least what I think about DE and I. It's also about really about making sure we understand each other. are we, are we talking about the same thing because now is DE and I I think in the past it was maybe only D and then I and D came. but then what I notice sometimes is that even though we use these three letters sometimes the conversation only tends to revolve around d like diversity we have representation and not so much about what actually equity means and what inclusion means we spoke about this briefly before like i said inclusion is also something that a lot of people have different meanings or different definitions or connotations associations with but if we do not really start with a basis, okay, what does it mean to you? What do we mean? And how do we define it together? Then I think we are missing, we are we are constantly dialed in in a, in a different frequency and not getting the right conversations going if we do not agree or have common ground to build on together. So I think that's also great. Yep. There's a lot of things that
2: My mind is going all over the places. And this is what I'm (laughs) distilling from this is what I'm distilling from what you shared right now is that it's important to know about your own DEI recipe, right? So what does DEI mean to you and also share that with other people? But also the moment that you are sharing it with each other, from there on you can define your team recipe, right? So what does DEI mean for us as a team so that you you as a team or team members can Carry the baton on and understand that this is the definition that we're using, and this is what we are amplifying, this is what we stand for, instead of keeping DEI within ourselves or within the team a mystery. So, I really like that you are sharing that part. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Continuing on that analogy, what is your ingredient that you bring into DEI work? What do you know a lot about? And what's your flavor to it?
0: Well, I think it's interesting. I love that flavor, of course, because for Surinamese, Chinese uh, heritage, (laughs) cooking, and Olivia and I can talk probably a lot about food. (laughs) I love the analogy of food. There's a lot of of flavor here. (laughs) I think, what I said before, I think everyone has a unique lived experience as well. Um, For me, it's, um, I think, from um, the LGBTQ plus community, from that lived experience but also I think being at that intersection of growing up in the Netherlands um, when I was never Dutch enough, I thought. I was never Surinamese enough or never Chinese enough. So it was a lot about figuring out, okay, who, where do I belong then, actually? And then come to find that probably you actually belong to all of them. You all have bits and pieces of it. And then starting to embrace that more, I think that is... That is at least the unique experience that I got, um, that I bring to the table, and that I can um, share about these lived experiences and how I have experienced those things. And like I said, I think that's also another thing that's very important for if you are engaging. I think in this topic is about who am I and indeed what can I bring to the table. And for me, it's sometimes also just a whole soul searching. I think the whole PhD research as well. I I find myself really continuously on a journey of self-discovery which is amazing and and that's maybe how we should all should sometimes approach life in that sense because like i said we are constantly learning learning about ourselves Uh, we will probably never stop learning about ourselves because we continuously find new things that we can add to our identity to ourselves as a person started rambling so i'm actually not sure what the question actually was (laughs) But I think that, that is what I bring. I don't flavor I'm reading, I'm so
1: yeah, it. Yeah, your ingredients and your flavor. Yeah. Yours? And the
0: ingredient. So it would be something like a Madame Jeanette uh, pepper, probably. Something like. No, it's Scotch Bonnet. Scotch Bonnet. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I like noodles.
1: <laughs> okay, we're getting distracted and thinking about food. We just had breakfast, people. Come on.
0: <laughs> well, you say that, but the first thing I, when I wake up, is okay what am I gonna have for dinner lunch etc
2: wow
0: <laughs> I think literally I think last night when I went to bed I think I said to my partner I said, what are we gonna eat tomorrow <laughs> yeah so now I can't stop thinking about it my life <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll quickly we move on to the next question then. Maybe. <laughs> so
2: what's what's it like for you to do the work that you do right because we are asking this question because some people think that it's all glitter and glamour and we just want to share the behind the scenes of what's it really like for you to
0: do this work? Well, first of all, I love glitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> indeed, what is it like? I think, like I said, for me, it is also if we talk about purpose in work, I think this is something that I, I've, I've discovered and come to find that I really I'm passionate about this topic, and I also like to bring the personal side, like the lived experience that I have to the work that I do. I think for me, it is also, when I say self-discovery, it is also really ups and downs sometimes. It's, it's also being confronted with people who are not always as convinced of, of, of the things that I uh, bring or, or try to challenge you. And it's it's then sometimes difficult, I would say, to to not see it as a, an attack on you as a person. And and that has to do with, because I like to bring that piece of myself, which means that I will, I will bring a little bit of vulnerability in there. And because I, I strongly believe it is an asset and it's also required in order to have that dialogue. But there are times, definitely times that I feel challenged and, and that I actually think, in, in hindsight, what actually happened here? What kind of reactions were people giving if someone is trying to tell me and emphasize that homophobia doesn't exist anymore in the Netherlands? I, I, I remember this session very well, and, and it was with a client, and I was in the car on my way back from that session. I was just starting to 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 cry i was like in tears like what what actually happened here because it was a little bit overwhelmed maybe as well with the the emotions and the triggers so because i bring something personal as well it also is sometimes difficult to to really stay resilient in that sense or at least deal with the emotions that you sometimes have as a person because it's 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 not that i'm just doing a trick there and and, and that's it it's, it's really also something that's near and dear uh, to me, which means that I sometimes have, I'm continuously, I'm still practicing it to make sure that it is not a personal attack, but it is, yeah, try not to take it as, as personally, which sometimes is difficult because at the same time, it is something personal because you bring something to it. So behind the scenes is that there's a lot of Celine Dion uh, <laughs> songs that for me are a nice way to just let the emotions go. Because I also noticed that I sometimes do not share as often, for example, with my partner. I can use that more to really allow other people in in, in, in the thoughts that I have. Because I, I tend to, yeah, really incorporate everything and, and maybe implode at a certain moment in time where I, where I sometimes really need to just vent. I need to just share it and just get it out of my system, literally. So it's, it's also about installing those mechanisms, I would say, to to, to to cope with it and that that I'm continuously learning about. Like I said, we never stop growing. And for me, that really is something that I sometimes have to deal with myself as well and also reacting in that moment. I'm a professional, so I will, I will be able to facilitate it professionally enough, and and facilitate the discussions. But in hindsight or afterwards, uh, there comes a moment sometimes that I just reflect on it and just think, "Hey, what what the actual have happened actually?" here? Yeah. <laughs> and, how do I ref- and
2: you're you're saying you're saying that you're a professional, but professional have emotions, right? And you yeah. are also dropping a lot of things that I do need to decipher. So in that moment when for instance, a person is saying that there is no homophobia in the Netherlands or it's gone and we now have pride, like everything is solved. Would you label that moment as a microaggression?
0: I think yes, in that sense, because it's, it's somewhere invalidating my experience, invalidating the things that I see um, and notice. It's interesting because I think the term, the term microaggression is in that sense always, I think, in the eye of the beholder. So in that sense, if I experience, and indeed, I think I experience it in that moment, that at first instance, I'm like, what do you actually mean? (laughs) And how does it then manifest according to this person? But I think to me, how I interpret or perceive it in that moment, or at least afterwards, when I'm listening to Celine Dion in the car, is that I, I sort of got I, it becomes a trigger, basically. So it becomes a trigger because it takes me back to the moments in high school where I was still figuring out my sexual identity and sexual orientation, where I felt I couldn't be who I was and still am. It is a trigger because I did experience those, well, let's, let's call it a little bit, um, the personal trauma that I have as well. It's, and it's also in, so almost like invalidating those experiences that I had, whereas at the same time I'm thinking, but who who are you actually, and what do you actually know really about this topic, and, and what makes you say this to me? Yeah, I think I think that if if it labeled microaggression, if we go to the terms, yes, I think if if I'm the eye of the beholder, then yes, it, it was a microinvalidation probably of my lived experience, or maybe even disregarding it almost like gaslighting like you you label it or you see it as homophobic but actually it doesn't exist you're you're misreading and uh, the current situation
1: and what i'm hearing in your story is that you know and, and you sort of skip over it maybe because it's so obvious to you is that every time the, this really impacts you it's it's it you know it really hits you yet you also say, you know, I'll just ask why, why are you saying that? Or where is that coming from? Or what, what do you mean? What do you mean? And actually, you know, you're still curious about where is this coming from? What is going on with that person? Where, what, what makes them say that? So that curiosity, even though, you know, you get hit by, by a remark that, you know, really not nice to hear. And really hits you personally you still have that curiosity as an undercurrent you skip over it but i'm like well where does he pull that from He's <laughs>
0: yeah, still yeah. curious,
1: even though <sighs> there's still yeah. curious?
0: well i think it also um if we go deep i think into it i think what i've also learned so the, the this concept called covering or masking and i think i've become quite well in trying to assimilate and trying to adapt. So I've learned as a sort of defense mechanism from the past to just have my first reaction be, okay, let's cover. Let's try to deal with the situation in a way that we can mitigate it or at least deal with it, which in the past meant that I was covering up for maybe the little bit more femininity, flamboyant person that I am or not mentioning specific things that I did in the weekend or that I have, whether I have a partner. So I think that mechanism also can help and be useful in those situations, because my first innate reaction is not going to be all confronting then, but it's it's more or less going to be like, okay, how can I use this energy in a different way? And yeah. And then, that's where what I, what I don't label as being professional in that moment is that I can still shift the dialogue in a different way and, and have a nice, a nice ending towards it without making it too personal. But it doesn't mean, indeed, like you said, that I'm still impacted by it because I think one of the things that for microaggressions theory is also it's death by a thousand cuts because it is so micro, seemingly micro for anyone who doesn't Really witness this on a daily basis. But someone who does, um, one seemingly small cut can actually lead to a big impact because of the cumulative effect that it can have.
1: Yeah. So, what do you do about that? Invisible
2: trauma, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, is Celine Dion enough? uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And which song, Celine Dion, (laughs) share with us?
1: Which which is your go to? Oh, we
0: can can start a playlist, maybe that. uh, (laughs) Yes.
1: We do that. Yeah. We share.
0: I mean, what, what, what song is not, I think, for me? Well, All By Myself is it? definitely, yeah. Well, talking about loadedness, I just figured it out. Maybe that, It's sitting with your emotion, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, it is enough. But it, it, it's, it's also about building that resilience because that resilience also takes you to be really in a specific mindset. So I do notice, for example, if I'm tired, if I'm stressed, if I'm depleted of energy, then then those are the moments that I am also not, not able to counteract, I would say, what I call the, the the inner demons or the inner voices that tell me you are not enough, you, you're the imposter. And and I need to have that energy as well. Um, so for what, what helps for me as well is just, to unload together really just cuddling with my partner just having those loving moments to recharge my battery i like video games like i said i'm also a little bit of a nerd so i also love to just be fully emerged into a superhero comic or just a game to really just also just take my mind off of it and also allow my mind to process uh, everything and um, yeah, that's that's that those are the things that I like to do, and also exercise because I think, just like a muscle, I think this is also a muscle that you need to train. And if my body and the blood is flowing in a good direction, then I think I'm also better capable of, yeah, handling the inner demons.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're not know, just your brain, so you know you you recharge and you process with your body as well, whether it's cuddles or or workouts. Yeah. And the ritual, perhaps even of, you know, playing Celine Dion songs. If you want. <laughs> there's a ritual in it, and that, yeah, like, well, it of- helps
0: the other way around as well to energize and, and really empower me. Uh, so, on the one hand of the spectrum, it's Celine Dion. On the other end, it's RuPaul, probably. Then to really have like the motivation kind of songs, which yeah, which I love, yeah.
1: Hey, are you ready to rediscover focus, clarity, and resilience so that you can be a stronger changemaker for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging? I am Marjolein Vlug, I'm a certified coach. And whether you're getting started in DEI or are further along in your journey, I can support you to take your work to the next level. With me as your ally, you can gain clarity on your next initiatives or career goals, make intentional choices, stay accountable to them, Deal with the intensity of the work and create real change. Let's talk. I'd love to learn more about you. Reach out. to Book a chat.
2: So looking at this decade, what, what do you see about this decade that people should know more about?
0: This decade like in the twin, 2020s or... So you want me to look forward?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I want you to look whatever way you want to look towards to.
0: I think I'm inspired as well. Like it's, it's change is happening because the more resistance comes for the change. It means we're doing something good. I heard this in a, and I think I was attending a pride talk in the New York the other day, and David Mixner was one of the speakers who is a really great LGBTQ plus activist in America. And I think, I think it was a Mixner who said, indeed, if, if, if there's resistance, and there is a lot of loud resistance, it means we're doing something good, because that means that change is happening. So we should we should continue really with what we are doing but also unite i think because the what i mentioned earlier is that sometimes it can be so polarized i think we should also stand together and really unify in terms of yeah human rights we shouldn't human rights should never be a negotiable kind of thing but we should stand together whether it's whether it's feminist or transgender rights or black people we should all stand together, I think, because if we really combine those forces, there's no denying then anymore. And I think what works too well, I think, is that whatever majority is um currently then in, in charge and power is that they they spread a narrative and a discourse that tries to divide us, which then also makes it better for them to handle it. Whereas I think if we really were to unify then it actually is a force that can be stopped. And that's what I foresee and hope for this decade as well, that really change is, is, is there. Even though there is, all, there is loud resistance, it only means that we are doing the good thing because that means that they are seeing and realizing, yes.
1: It's the sound of encouragement.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I am, I am encouraged and empowered, and I think that, yeah, we should continue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. What do you see is the thing that unites us?
0: I think all being human, I mean we are all human we have unique experiences and we have the the gift of language to share it with each other, what is going on in our heads, what we are going through. And we all have commonalities. So another thing that uh, that was mentioned in in that same talk was also fine, if it's only five or ten percent, that you have in common with a person find that and use that soil to build together because even though you might not see eye to eye with someone it is still there's still a human being behind it there's still someone that really is having things in common we we both breathe there we both have a beating heart that if, if that's enough to go with there are still things you can build on together but it's identifying that first and then trying to build on that soil together. But it is also not shutting down doors. It's not what, what I notice sometimes is that, oh, we can't work with them because x, x, y, z, because they are a, a bad a bad group of people or bad company. But then isn't it also a missed opportunity? Because if, we, if you can always find a common ground somewhere and then together build something that is better for change, I think. I found that really inspiring, and I thought, yeah, I, I believe that as well. Also, I would say in our own country, I really hope as well for a government that they start to seek more collaboration and more empathy and common ground, because we need it. We need it to solve, this, solve the problems and challenges that we are facing. We're not going to be able to solve it all on our own.
1: Uh,
2: sprinkle I love some the call to the action. action. <laughs> I was saying I love the call to action that you are calling out towards the government to act upon and the company. So thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But also for each and each and one of us as well. It's also about educating ourselves. So it's not maybe not enough to just go and vote and and take the red pencil and and vote. But let's also educate ourselves on challenging the, the leaders or to be leaders. What is your stance on pay equity, gender pay equity? What is your stance for the rights of people with transgender experience? It's also about asking these questions and demanding a stance that decides who you're going to vote for. And I think we can, at least I sometimes can do a better job in that as well, to really ask those questions, be that voice and use your voice as well to, to ask these questions.
1: Yeah. It's something that I've been seeing more and more of in, in my sessions and you know, having conversations with people. There's there's more and more people that you know, have a day job. I mean, the AI is not their, their core thing. And yet they, they're learning things and they're asking questions of their managers, of their representatives and saying, hey, well, what about this? There's so much that's being sparked and so yeah. much being asked, questions that are being asked more and more. And that's something that surprised me, actually. Like, oh, wait a minute, that's happening too. And I'm I'm, I'm curious. What's been a surprise for you that you've encountered in your work
0: uh, surprise that I've encountered in my work well I guess what, I, what I've come to do, come to find is just being an advocate and being outspoken I think about, about this topic. what, what surprised me is, is that you can also really inspire others, I think by just and sometimes it's just by being or being present or sharing your story, which which I found. Amazing because at the same time I was like, but I'm just being me and I'm just doing the things that I am loving and, pa- and passionate about, but then sometimes getting the feedback on how inspiring it is or that people take something away from your story. I think that was for me surprising in that sense. That I was like, oh, wow, maybe I should do something more with this. And that's for me, I think also what I refer to in, in the beginning about not, not being alone. And it is is contagious, I I guess, as well, sometimes. But it's about using the voice. I think for me, that is something that surprised me how powerful it can be to just share personal stories.
1: Yeah. And thank you for sharing yours here too. This is another (laughs) way of of sharing that more widely and
0: inspiring
1: more people.
0: I'm curious
1: to find out
2: who is Jason Yee becoming?
0: who am I becoming more and more, I think comfortable in my own skin. I would say, I think we are continuously finding new things out. And for me, uh, like one of the things is also just reading more about, Oh, well, for example, my pronouns are he, him and they, them. And that's only something I recently discovered that really was something that I, I started to embrace more and more is that, I can have masculine energy and feminine energy at the same time. And I'm starting to grow more and more comfortable with both of those elements. And, and that's because I, I got more knowledge and I was reading more about it. I was like, wow, this, this actually feels more like me. Why, why not really do that? And so I think I'm becoming more myself. I think I'm becoming more and more comfortable with who I am and also more comfortable in what i want to be so if what i'm becoming is probably more myself
2: i love that thank you thank you and the world needs more of jason so i'm looking forward to see more of yourself as well and
0: well i don't think they need more jasons i think what makes us unique what's wrong with more Jasons?
2: we need more <laughs> jasons <laughs>
0: Oh, we need more people who who really are okay with themselves and embracing themselves, and exactly. also other people to just <laughs> allow people themselves to be. I think that is more.
1: Well, we just heard about Celine Dion. What other things would you <laughs> recommend that we and everyone listening listens to, reads, watches?
0: Any recommendations? You mean? And, and, uh, oof. Um, well, it's it's, it's basically. Sitting with yourself and, and trying to see what kind of elements or lived experiences do I not know and, and be curious about that. I mean, there's so much to be found on whether it's Netflix, Disney Plus, or uh, whatever streaming services you have, but just be curious and just uh, maybe search for it and then try to find out more about these worlds, lived experiences, the challenges. It's also about, I think, challenging your own mindsets and your what you know and and whatever that is, can be anything. I think that is a, the the biggest, I mean, there's a whole journey and an adventure you can go on and embarking and just trying to discover more about the world and about yourself uh, while you're doing that. Yeah. So whether that's Celine Dion <laughs> or whether that is Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan. There's always something you can learn from. And it's about expanding, I think, your horizons. I think that is, I would say the biggest recommendation. And then take care of yourself. It is true what they say in the (laughs) planes. It's your own your own mask, oxygen mask first, and then you need that in order to help others. I think that's for me as well the biggest recommendation, or at least that I came to find and to discover it as well. If I am as a person taking care of myself, I'm also better able to help others.
2: What is important for others in DEI to remember?
0: What is important for others in DEI to remember is that you, you, even though you are an expert, even though you are a consultant or coach or whatever, you, you also are human in that sense, which means you also will continue to learn so what help, helped me the most as well is, is is getting rid of my own, how do I call it? I would say that that you do not ha- put yourself that high standard of you need to know everything. How do you make sure that you help others to open up a bit more and have that open mindset? I think that, and also creating a more personal uh, flavor into it because that's what makes us human, I think, as well. And that is so important. So don't forget about the human part. Is- and um, whether that's also taking care of yourself, I think that's also part of being human, you're a human yourself, but also bringing that humanness everywhere and trying to unlock the humanness in others.
2: I had so much fun talking to you and I just want to connect with the listeners and those who are maybe reading the show notes that they need to connect with you, find out about your newsletter. So we'll definitely include the links that you shared. Looking forward to the Celine Dion playlist that you are creating.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was really nice. Thank you for having me here as well It's it's, it's well, time flew by, I have to say. I, I could talk like this forever.
2: <laughs> <It was two.
1: laughs> Good yeah. Well, thanks for sharing.
2: So for those of you listening, watching, or reading the show notes, connect with Jason, look at the links that he's sharing or they are sharing. And until next time, bye everybody. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening. You're warmly invited to pause for a moment and think about what stood out to you from this conversation. Please share this episode with others to inspire them too. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack channel. We'll be back soon with more episodes. Be well, take care and stay connected.